podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the 1871 podcast. It's uh, me, Johnny Hunt, in charge tonight as we have Dylan's on his way to a match. Mark is unwell, um, but unlike match of the day, we've managed to drag in a substitute. Um, so welcome, Union, to the team. Hello. Yep. Big Red fan. And also our special guest this evening, we've got Noel Hunt with us. Evening, Noel, how are you? Evening, guys. Yeah, really good, thanks. Thanks for uh, joining us in your training gear. You haven't had a chance to have a shower before you start. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm only in the door. <laughs> really appreciate it. So uh, to start off with, um, obviously, me presenting is going to be fun. I've got kids running around in the background, so if you hear noise, I do apologise. Um, but first thing, there's a couple of quizzes we've had this week that have uh, come to the, the national attention, well, attention of us anyway. So there was a, on a, a poll about the, the favourite hunt of the 1871 podcast. And seeing there's only three of us, really, there's Noel, there's Stephen and myself. Uh, as it stands, Noel is clearly winning. Stephen is second. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the bronze medal place, which I'm sure you'll be happy with that, Noel, won't you? Yeah, Johnny, but you're, you're still on the podium. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's still... it. I, I, you know, I'm clutching the straws, but I'll take third behind you to any day. <laughs> no, there's, there's also another, well, we had another quiz as well um, last week, which was uh, about however many questions that Mark devised that went public and we had uh, I was actually winning that as well for about two minutes and then sadly fell down the table but um, we did have a winner a guy called Chris Bennett who's a massive betting fan um, and he's got a question for you Noel about one of our favourite days so if I, I'll go ahead so 21st of April 2012 we drew two all with Crystal Palace he said he was at the game and afterwards he went to the walkabout pub which I think most of the Reading fans did to celebrate Mm-hmm. When Southampton lost um, after we played, um, he said later on he walked on to the after dark nightclub. Is that I'm guessing? Down, uh, detouring through Yieldhall Place to the Oracle London Street, where he spotted you and Jason Roberts sorting out a, ta- a taxi. I ran up saying to you and shook hands. Ran up saying champions and shook hands with both you. So I'd like to ask you what were your memories of that day? This is question. I remember the memories of the day. I'm didn't. Am I am I right in saying Robert got sent off in the game? Did Robbo get sent off in that game? That was our first sending off that season, wasn't it? Our only sending off. Was it? Something daft like that, wasn't it? I, I remember him coming. I, I remember Robbo running across to get get across the boy, and he's giving he's cutting with his elbow. Um, might end up on the left wing in that game because it was just needs most. I think we we were uh, we were backs against the walls a little bit, um, yeah. and. Uh, I end up. I remember. I remember. Like we were. It was. I was only speaking about this last night with Brian McDermott and and Mikhail Ledgerwood. Uh, we had a great chat um, with the coaches. Um, Jamie Greenwood, um, head of coaching, uh, put on an unbelievable um, little thing in in the stadium for all the coaches, part time and whatnot, brought everybody together. Um, you know, and, and we talked about the times of red and past and whatnot, and. The academy, how it was, how there are still people there from there today, and mm. um, that were there back then. So uh, we were reminiscing all this last night, and we're talking about the game. Um, and I remember I I ended up like I think there's a ball in, in the in the top half of the pitch that we're tr- I was just trying to keep up in there. Um, so I ended up like stumbling over, falling, but I ended up trying to put my head in the ball. Got caught with a knee on the side of my head. I remember the guy had, had caught me with a gat, like so he gashed me, he caught me, and it, it spit open. And I thought. 
I can't be going off now because we're down to 10 men already. Um, so I remember getting away with it for about 15 minutes, but like I ended up having to get a stitch after it in, just above my eye. And it's, obviously it's, it's, it's not major. It's just a little, it's a, it's a, it's a thin part of your, uh, of your eyelid where, where your eye socket gets caught. So when it, when you nick it, it does open. Like so, um, but I remember getting away with it for about 15 minutes to so trying to hide it from the line on one side, then trying to hide it from the ref going down past the halfway line and stuff. And we got away with it. And I remember going out that night. I remember, I, I think we had, we had uh, a young doctor at the time stitch me up. And, and because of the game was on, obviously I think Middlesbrough played. It was Middlesbrough that played, wasn't it? Southampton. Yeah. And, uh, I remember when they got the free kick, Middlesbrough, and I said to I said to the boys, he's going to score this because he, the lad, I can't remember his name was it Zamama, it was something with a Z. Um, but I'd played against him in Scotland, and he was an unbelievable free kick, uh, free kick taker. Yeah. And I said, boys, we've got a chance here. He's going to score. He's got a chance here because it was a perfect distance for him. And when we put it in, obviously we went mental. Um, and then when the whistle went, um, I'd say I'm not going to lie to you. I probably remember it after about two hours after that, and then the rest of it will be a blur because we all obviously. <laughs> Had had loads of drinks and stuff um, at the at the at the at the stadium, um, and we kicked on into town. But uh, we just had such a good group that I mean, well, we're speaking about how good the group was last night, and how close we were, um, and how honest they were. Everyone was honest, you know. And it was not we had no egos. Um, I was saying we won the league that season. We had one player and player in, in the team of the year. That was Ian Hart. Um, and I was always raging with that because um, I felt so many more of our players deserved that. And I, and I, and I don't mean me. Um, I mean like, likes of Joby, um, Casper's goals, who I thought was fantastic that season. Ledge was unbelievable. You know, these boys, um, and even Robbo came, came halfway through. He was he made a big difference to it, you know. Um, so uh, I remember the night was, we had a great night to be fair. Um, but also, we, we also knew that we had the league to win, though. That was the that was the thing, you know. Um, um, but once we knew we'd we'd won the league, um, and Brian went through it last night, and he went through the two losses we had for after Christmas, and, and one, of, one of them was the last game of the season. And I was like, whoa, you, you can't count that game. I said, I don't think there was a sober player from our from our side on the pitch that day. Um, you know, so I remember going to Birmingham, the inflatables and whatnot. I made it special, and, and I remember the gaffer going, uh, "No, you, um, you're not coming on today. Just you, just go enjoy it." So I, that was it for me. I was like sitting there, just enjoying the moments and stuff. Um, but that night was incredible. I mean, if to go a full year from if you go if you turn back probably twelve months, a little under, maybe eleven, uh, maybe probably thirteen months with, with the playoffs, going from feeling the worst in football. And I've had a few of them feelings in terms of like losing finals. I've, I've never won a final. And I've been in, I've been involved in four at that point, yeah. um, including the playoff final. Um, that was the lowest of the low I've been in football. Take away injuries, you know, to to then turn it around a year later, which has never been done before. It was never done that someone who got beaten the playoffs won the league the year after. You know, it was, it was kind of it was it was. It was a kind of thing that was spoke about never being able to no one was able ever able to do it. Um so for us it kind of it it grinded on us if that made sense that we had a you know, we had a, a record of of our own to catch because we were never gonna we were never gonna beat or be the, the one oh six team which were incredible. Um but to have something of our of our own like it, it, I think it made us that more hungry. 
when did you start believing? Because we didn't start the season very well. It was like a hangover from the playoffs, wasn't it? And then kind of that, we're on that crazy run. So I got how many points out of one, but it was insane, wasn't it? It was kind of like this whole momentum. Yeah. Thing. I mean, again, the coaches last night got to see Brian McDermott's story and, and snippets into his life of the manager, the player, the manager and whatnot. Um, we, uh, I looked at it last night. We were second bottom. Uh, Doncaster underneath us. We'd played six. We'd four points, maybe three. Um, and we just play. I remember the game before we played Doncaster. I think it was Watford. Um, we've, we've been we've been outplayed. We were out. We've been outplayed, outrun. Uh, and um, it wasn't us, you know. So the gaffer, we had a meeting, had an emergency meeting, five games in. And it wasn't, it wasn't a, um, you know, a point the finger when it was when, listen, guys, um, this can't happen. They put the stats up of Watford, the running stats, and they gave the running stats of us in the game. And, and they'd covered probably, I'd say, probably eight, nine K in the game more, seven, seven, six K in the game more than us, which was so uncharacteristic. And obviously coming from the hangover, I think it's, it's, it's important that you, can you look back on the, on the playoff season? I think if there was another eight games, we would have won. The, we would have we would have been promoted um, in the you know in the in the top two because we were again on the road. We had been on a good run of games and we'd got ourselves in good form. Um, and I said that you sometimes forget what got you there. You, all you remember is the good times that you know the goals scored, a block off the line. You don't remember how much blood, sweat, and tears you know togetherness. Not arguments, but um. You know, hard conversations on the pitch to people to to you know to to, to do their job. You know, you 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 don't remember all that, and so you think the next season comes around that you're going to go again, you're going to go out, and you're going to play. Yeah. You think it's easy, it's not. So we had to get back to basics, and that was the the main message of it: get back to basics. But the one thing we promised in the room was that we'd never be outrun again, um, and it stuck with us. You know, and. Then Roy talks about the, the WNG to win the next game um, that we had, the mentality. We didn't look anywhere past the next game. We just looked at what we had the next game, who we had, um, what we had, and, and, and we went and attacked it. So we didn't take the focus on looking down the line. I think I had this conversation again last night saying about a couple of seasons when, when, when Broy came in, they, the boys went on a good run. I was injured when Broy came in. And the boys were on a good run after Christmas. We ended up finishing eighth or ninth in the league. Um, the same happened the year after with the playoffs. So we ended up we ended up uh, having a good run to the playoffs. So we knew if we got to the corner after January that we would have a a really good chance, yeah. no matter where we were, of um, of climbing the table with a good speed. And there was only I think we were twelfth in the league, but we looked at between us and second. There wasn't an awful lot. I think there might have been eight or ten or twelve or thirteen points, whatever it was. We saw it as no distance at all. Um, and the way the games fell, it was almost like every game we played gave it was an incentive anyway to win games. But it was almost like it played out that we'd leapfrog them or get closer to them, and then we'd leapfrog them. And whenever we played, we'd get past and jump past, or we create a gap against. So the fixtures are really kind in terms of a mentality thing. Um, when you're doing well, I imagine. When you're not doing so well, it goes the other way, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Now you have it. And, and um, 
I remember we we spoke about it last night that we got an unbelievable conference about us when we didn't have the ball. Everyone knew what they were going to do. Everyone knew what they had to do. Um, and we and Bryce said, you know, we, we became a really strong team later on in games, and we counterattacked throughout the first half. But then when when we sat and let teams enjoy the ball, we knew what we were doing. We knew how we were going to attack. We knew where to, where to exploit. Um, and at that time, we, I mean, we had pace. You know, we had we had obviously Robbo came in. I was up there. We had Jimmy on the right. You had, you had Joby on the left. You had Hal to come on when he did. Um, and and we had we had fullbacks that that could get forward and supply. So we knew that we had pace in the team. Um, and then obviously when you get somebody like 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 Alfie in the team, who just came on to finish off games and score goals, it, it, it's you know it, it's it's magic. It's it was it was the perfect formula for us. Yeah. Unit, can I bring you in? You've been waiting patiently. Yeah, yeah no, we're moving away from that season. It's just about um, what a question from a young Reading fan, Jamie from Woodley. He's asked, what was the main reason you went into coaching? The main reason I went into coaching was um, I got an injury at Reading, funny enough. Um, after coming back from internationals, I got an injury against West Bromway, which kept me out for a year. I knew it was a year long. It was an operation on my knee. Um and Brendan Brendan was the manager um when this happened. So he had me going watching games, he had me doing reports. But then within that Eamon Eamon Dolan had had brought me down to the academy because I couldn't train in the day and because I was that kind of a player, I'd be in early doors. I'd be in at at, at say eight o'clock before eight o'clock. I'd go do gym sessions, I'd do my work early, I'd go have breakfast, I'd then see the physios. Um, I'd do more rehab. I'd go back to the gym. I'd have, uh, I'd have a PT in the evening because uh, I wanted to come back better than where I was when I left. Um, and he said, but in that you need some football. You need to get football into you. So the academy came around. Um, I, went, I jumped down with Eamon and I was going and watching coaching sessions. And um, I remember being with, with, with funny enough, who I'm working with now, Peter Scott, who was doing at the time the 14s, going watching him. Um, Sweets is still there. Uh, Ryan Williams at the time was there um, and I'd go in and, and join in and watch and do a couple of sessions and, and get a feel for it and I really enjoyed it um, but we we got we, we got we went away to America I was asked to go to be an ambassador for the football club which I loved um, in the States with, um, and with that the under 17s slash 18s were going to play a tournament over there for a week um, that week turned into a month with the ash clouds and we got stranded out there. <laughs> so you got to think, we had Eamon, Eamon Dolan, we had David Dodds, we had loads of academy staff that were there. And we had young kids like Jordan Abitza was with us and um, Uja yeah. and all these young players, young pros. And uh, we got stuck for a month. So every day we coached and we'd done a bit and, I got, and Eamon was so, he was so good. He was so good to me and so, um, so generous with all his time uh, and he was so much fun I mean yeah, he was yeah. just it was just so much fun so I loved going down to the environment that he created I loved going into the office where he had all these people working in sync but he would cause carnage with one comment you know and with one comment there'd be, there'd be a huge spark of an outburst but then he'd calm it then again by doing something completely random and I, I totally off topic you know and everyone really bought into what, what, what he saw and I think 
to be honest, I, I'm I feel that it's coming back now. You know, with with Jukes, yeah, he's running. Uh, you know, the yeah. it's a massive job. I think he's been incredible. You know, for me mm-hmm. coming in, um, and and seeing how 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 he he works and and how everyone in the, in the office works. I mean, together, there's such a good buzz in there at the moment, and there's so much there's so much good things going on. Mm-hmm. That it's a real joy and it's an honor to be there, you know. Um, so yeah. that that was the reason I got into coaching because of the, because of that. I think that I think that trip that trip hooked me, and I always stayed close with Eamon after that. So wherever yeah. I went, playing football, not Leeds, um, but after that, um, likes of Ipswich, I'd go watch the 18s train, um, Portsmouth, I watched the 18s and try to do a little bit. Wigan, I was going down most afternoons to see if I could do bits with them, um, and um, you know, so. Greg Arraj out there was unbelievable to me. He was like, just keep coming down, keep getting involved, keep seeing if you like it. And I was working with really good boys like uh, John Craney and stuff with really good outputs and, and visions into the game, you know. Um, so for, I kind of built up over time that I really wanted to do it. Um, yeah. I always thought then at the end of it, I'd like, to, I'd like to be a coach. I like helping people. I like helping players. Um I think I, I think I can see where players need to work, and try helping with that as well. Um, I, you know, I think the looks of the boys we have now. I, I think working with Peter Scott every day, he's incredible. The detail he puts into into um, his information. Also working with us is Eddie Nizwicky, who's an, an incredible coach, an incredible guy, but an incredible coach, and, and and we work really well together. And then off the back of that, I'm working with Ledge and Michael Donaldson. Uh, who we work in, like you know, we on the same desk. We we work at the side of the pitch together. We you know we talk and integrate players who we think is going to come up, who we think you know is is worth a chance because they've worked hard and they've shown some you know some real progress. So all the conversations and all the characters and personalities are really bonding and binding together, which mm-hmm. is which is what I remember being at when I was here before. You know, um, yeah. And, and what kind of specialist kind of setup have you got? Running coaches? Oh, listen, absolutely, yeah. We, so, so in my department, um, obviously, I've got Scotty and Eddie are coaches, mm-hmm. um, and Eddie then is, is had like player development come up and down, you know, through the first team with myself. And, and to be fair, we all do it, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. We all we all do it. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a sports scientist. We've got um, you know physio. Two physios that are there all the time. One, one with me, Keen, is a great guy. Um, I've got, we've got um, who else? We got there. Yeah, I've got an analyst. You know, so yeah. it's important. So the departments. I mean, the way it was before, how it's run now. The department and 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 what's expected of the academy. You know, the personnel has to be has to be catered for. You know, so um, you know, we have all the help we need in terms of. Mm-hmm. Um, the basics that we that we need and the fundamentals that we need absolutely could we do it more of course we could but mm-hmm. you know it doesn't matter because we all chip in and muck in and, and, and we're all together on it so I mean I, I we got a match tomorrow against Swansea um, and I just said to the, to the analyst look I'll do all the, uh, the visuals so you know he, he'll prep the video I'll clip it um, and I'll put in that how we're going to play against Swansea, um, defensively attacking our rotations, what we're going to do, how we're going to try exploit and that kind of stuff. So we all muck in, you know, and he'll help me with different things as well. Um, so it, it is, it's it's a great environment and, and the people are great. Yeah. And so the form at the moment is quite good, isn't it? Four wins and two losses. 
So what's the sort yeah. of target for the rest of the season? Um, it's the, the target is still to get in the playoffs. We you know um, we've got two games in hand on Millwall. I grant that we've lost. I know we've lost players. Obviously, players are going out alone. Um, players, a couple of players have been injured for us. We've got three or two or three, three or four now involved. The first team, you know, obviously Kelvin E, Kelvin A, both of them came on last night. Um, and Nelson has been up there as well. So these are these are massive players for us, you know. Um, that that it's not it's it's about their development. Mm. So, you know, I, I I'm I'm a sore loser. And the, and the guys know I love winning. I love you know learning how to win. I want to win. Um, mm-hmm. and you go through. We had a couple of games in there, um, against Brentford and whatnot that we won. Um, we, where the boys have been in a really good vein of form and and just it's, it's about them developing as young young adults and um, mm-hmm. maturing. Um, maybe maybe maturing physically. Uh, mm-hmm. it might be it might be mental. Um, which is probably the biggest thing for me, the mentality of a young professional these days is so important. Um, because right now, every young player in an academy will have no excuses. They've got no excuses. They've got everything they need. You know, they've got everything. They've got, they've got gyms that are 100 square foot with every, with every machine that you need to be a professional athlete. Um, you've got dietitians, we've got nutritionists, you know, they tell you what to eat, how to eat, when to eat, where to eat. Um, so there's no reason why you can't be in a peak condition to be a professional athlete. So and we and we speak a, a lot about it's an op- this is an unbelievable opportunity, this football club. Um where we are, how we're based, the setup they have, um, who we are, the history behind the club. Um and we we want to keep pushing these young young players forward um as, as much as we can, but they have to take the steps themselves as well. And some of them get it really quickly, but then all of a sudden, you know, you get a player like Kelvin Abreffa for me, and I think it was probably the middle of November, and I said to Scotty, he goes, the penny's dropped. The penny's dropped with him. Mm-hmm. He knows it. He's changed, and he's changed, and he's grown, and he's, he's matured, mm-hmm. and how he now goes about his business and work and training, is he's a, he's a 24-7 pro, you know? Yeah. Um, and then off the back of that, you know, you get Nelson then joining in, and then you get, you know, Kelvin E going, oh, I want, I want a bit of that. Mm-hmm. So they start, you know, becoming together. Um, mm-hmm. And the next one, then it'll be Jay Senge, you know, maybe Roshan Scott, all these boys. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, I'm saying, listen, that's great that, that the, the mental side of the penny shop. Now for me, Kelvin I'm saying, right, okay, Kelvin E, you're six foot three. You have to become that number nine that's reliable. The ball comes up, you pin it, it sticks. You can run in behind, you score goals. Okay, mm-hmm. you're a platform for the team, first and foremost, where you get it down, you find the blue shirt and you get away from it and you make runs and you be you be an, a nuisance to defenders, you know, horrible to play against. You're six foot three goal win headers. Um at the start of the season he was quite timid and um didn't really like the idea of getting in between the posts to get to get hurt to score a goal, whereas now he's got thirteen goals for us. Um yeah. and he has put himself in there and he's starting to Understand the meaning of it, you know, how, how important it is to be that focal point. I'm saying to him, you know, you've got unbelievable professionals at the football club who are really good people. The likes of Shane Long, like probably one of the best human beings you meet. Andy Carroll, I goes, he's, he's made to learn off of. You go speak to him, you pick his brain, you talk to him, you know, they'll help you. Um, so we're trying to give them all these, these little environments and little 
little helps along the way. But then it comes down to the, to the moment where they take that step themselves, you know, and have that self-confidence to go and say, yeah, I, I belong here. I can do a job for the team. You know, that's what, that's what I love about it. Yeah, that, I mean, that, I had that question leading on from that is what, what's the sort of biggest barrier to stop a player who's got the potential, do you think, at the moment? Oh, listen, potential is great. Yeah. Potential is great. But if you can't run, if you, if you can't fight, you know, if you can't compete um, in, a, in all aspects of the game, you know, that kind of compete mentally, physically, um, you guys, we know what the championships are like. You know, we know what the championships are like. It's 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 a relentless. It's what we are. You know, we've got a saying at the club where it's it's um, resilient, ruthless, relentless Royals. You now we're redden, um, <laughs> it's all them things. The championship, you know. But first and foremost, you gotta be able to run. You gotta be able to work hard for the team. You've got to be reliable in, in the in the position that you play in. So whether you're a fullback or a or a, or a, a central midfielder or a centre forward or a or a centre back, you have to be reliable and you have to do your job really well first and foremost before you even look at other people. Um, and and they get that now. They're starting to get that they can't be just running here and there. They have to be position specific. They have there's a structure to it. So that's what we try to do. I think my end of the field is. I had this conversation last year when I came in. And Joe said, listen, I want us to learn in a winning environment. That's what I want. I need us to be able to learn in a winning environment. I said, no problem. Well, I can do that. You know, and um, it's getting the small wins first, you know, in players, their positions, their technique, um, their understanding of the game uh, tactically, um, their understanding of, of, the, of their body technically, what they're good at, where the positions they pick up, the angles they come at, all these little things. Um and it's yeah, it, it ties in so so importantly to to have the, for me the biggest thing that stop these boys is mentality because there's so many there's so many distractions out there, so many mm-hmm. things to do, you know. You got people making millions off TikTok. You got guys on Instagram, what I call it Insta Sham because I think it's a sham. But you never see the real life on these things. You know, you see these skills that kids are doing. It'll take them a thousand takes to do it. They'll do it and get a million likes. Yeah, end up with £250,000 in their back pocket and they can't kick a ball it's mm-hmm. not in the world you know so it's not the hard graph people don't see how many mm-hmm. hours how many times they have to do these things and set them up so for me the mentality is the biggest thing for me yeah and that's what nowadays with all the distractions there is social media you know one thing and another that the players are going to be thrown off course time and again and they turn up for training and how do you keep their minds on it as young players with the opportunity they've got. Yeah, and th- and and I mean, you know, we, we have to be quite strict with them. Because um, they are young boys at the end of the day. They are, you know, with me, 18, 19, 20, you know. Yeah. Not, there's not many older than that, you know. Um, and like I said to you, you get the ones like, you see ones like, like Kelvin A now coming focused and they're in early and they're doing their bits. and they're, you, you just see little traits in them, you know, that, that, that improve and you just got to keep telling them, guys, you know, this gym is not open. It's not just open from like ten o'clock till till three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's open that it's open at eight o'clock when we come in here. We're in we're in here in the office for eight o'clock. We don't start training till eleven. You know, mm-hmm. we're in, we're in the office before we you know eight o'clock and we're planning and, and trying to figure out our sessions and whatnot for who the players we have. Um, mm-hmm. I said, but you can do that as well. You could be in the gym here. You know, you could use you could do the extras. Um, so it's 
I, I'd say to our boys, you only get so much for on the pitch. It's what you do off it as well that's gonna that's gonna make you a career and, and, and potentially only get you so far. Your character will make you a career. Um so it's how strong a character you are. That's the thing and how 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 many times you can get hit and keep moving yeah. forward, you know? No, yeah. sorry, just to cut in <clears throat> is it do you find it frustrating when you've got a young player who's got the ability but hasn't got what you said, that mental strength or that how do you how many chances do you give or how do you kind of this is the thing yeah you're right and that it's a great question Johnny it's it really is um my job my job is to try you gotta keep trying you gotta keep trying you know and and if you have these guys you gotta keep trying to probe and find a way to get through to them um because uh if you don't who will you know, you could be you could be missing out on the next Michael Olise. Yeah. You know, um. So the ones that have potential, and you know, and and it's, we are what we're doing is when we came in, we set boundaries and we set standards. Um, and I said, right, this is a standard. If you give away the ball, you run after it. You don't stand and watch. The minute you stand and watch, I'll take you off the football pitch. Because I don't, I don't, I'm not going to stay here and have somebody give away the football and expect their mates to go get a firm. You know, because that's not right. So we had—I mean, we had a game last year. I won't tell you the player, um, and I played him. And and a half time, and this is a part of the growing up as well. You know, this is a—it's yeah. a part of the growing up. A half time, we came in at half time in this game, and we were one 0 down. And one of the players we had, you know, didn't—he didn't—he didn't do it. He didn't do anything. He, he gave away the ball every time he got it, and he stood and watched. Uh, or nearly every time we got up, but we had only two at that time. We had only a couple of subs in the bench because the 16s and the 18s were playing, and um, we we just we'd fallen short the day before with a couple of injuries. So we thought, right, we'll just go with what we have. So at half time, um, I got the boys to pick him up. I got like you know, I got Nelson Abbey, Kelvin the Breffa. I was go pick him up, you know, pick him up. Um, so they went and picked him up, and he's a big boy. I said, right, let's go play the second. Let's go play the second half. And they're like trying to put him down. I said, no, no, keep carrying him. I said, because you've done it for the whole first half. You've carried this player for the whole first half. And not one he is, I said, has been mature enough to go, hey, come on, do your job. Help us out here. You know, so what's going to happen? There's going to be two things happen. I said, either A, you keep carrying him and we drown as a team and we lose the game. Or you drop him and say, you know what, carry yourself. Carry yourself or get off the field. You know, I goes, and this is we boys, when people ain't doing it for you on the football pitch, you have to be strong enough to tell them, hey, come on, I'm, come on, you can do better. You know, there's a way of telling people to be to be better. You don't have to go, oh, that's, that's rubbish. You are this, that, and the other. You know, you know that, that doesn't work. I think you have to tell them in the right way. I said, but you have to tell him. He needs to know, you know, that, that, that you're dependent on him to do his job, and he's not. Therefore, um, you know, we can't do our jobs. You know, so I said, I'm trying to give you a lesson. I don't want to just take them off because I want I want you to be able to go because there will be games. There will be times where people are having bad games and you need to speak to them. You need to tell them, listen, dig in. I know, I know you're not, it's not running for you, but, you know, keep going, keep going for us. It'll come for you, it'll come for you. You know, but the minute they stop running, then you've got to say, listen, oi, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, so having that maturity from an 18, 19 year old, because when they go into a first team environment, and this is what I'm prepping them for, we're prepping them for. I'm not proud of them to go back into an academy where it's paint by numbers and it's in front of you and there's different there's different objectives for the young professionals. 
Um, I'm I'm trying to teach these boys the sharp end of of, of the the career, the cutthroat end of the career, because after us, there's not many. If they don't deal with us, there's not many branches left in professional football. You know, you you have to you, you want them to be a first team footballer for us first and foremost for a football club, and if not, then for somebody else's first team. You know, so it's it's important that they understand that like. We have a wall. We've, we've got a great wall, corridor of wall, where all of our debutants are there from from back in the early two thousands, and um, all the way through, um, up to our re- most recent one, which is probably I think might have been Nels or Kelvin or whoever it, whoever it is. Um, it, actually, I know it is Basil. Basil. <laughs> um. So, but I'll go last. Look where they are now. There's 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 so many boys on this on this wall here that are not in football anymore. That didn't have a career in football, but played in the first team once. Said so. One game doesn't make you a career. And why so, is that? No. Why is that? When you get these guys that you know they they get to that point and then it just is that mental strength? I use that word, or is it just yeah? It depends, I think it depends. Like, yeah, this is it. This is it. Maybe you know. I mean, I mean, the stats to be a professional footballer are so small. Um. From from the numbers that play football, Johnny, um, and then from there, it, it might be opportunity. You know, it, it might be a case that um, a wrong decision from the player wanting to leave and go playing, thinking that he can get more money somewhere else, or it might be from the club just saying, "Well, we we've got two, we've got two fullbacks, or we've got two centre halves in that position." You know, um, we don't need one right now, so it, it's it's. I think ninety nine percent of the time it's it's a mentality where they get in the first team, they play a game, and they go off cracked it. Yeah, and that's what that's what I don't want to do. We we don't let them think they've cracked it, you know. Um, and I always say to young players where I was involved with first teams, um, because we I had I had young Scott Twine, um, who's at Burnley now, um, at, when I was at Swindon, and he's a great kid. I said, listen, you're not a first team player yet. You've only played 20 times. You need to be at least 150 times in the first team before you're a first-team player. I knew he was a first-team player. But I wanted him, and he was that kind of a kid where he was that hungry. He'd be out early in the morning practicing free kicks, practicing his shooting. We'd do a hardest session in the world. He'd stay out after practicing free kicks, practicing shooting. And I said, look, he's the one. He's, all he's got to do now is, 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 is his body's got to catch up and he's got to fill out because he was still he still looked like a 16-year-old at 19, you know, but... He had an incredible talent of, of work rate and technique on his shooting. So he just worked on it, worked on it, worked on it, you know. Um, and I kept on saying to him, you're not a first-team player yet, Tony, not yet. you got another 70 games to go, you know. And mm-hmm. I think kind of them kind of messages, if if he's the right kind of a kid, the right mentality, because you got to think we are the elite. Yeah. You know, championship is one of the most elite leagues in the world. You know, the Premier League, Serie A, Bundesliga, the French League, some of the teams... Um, but then you got you, you look at the championship next, you know Spain, Italy. But then you look at the championship as the next the next best for me league in the world. It's insane. It's incredible. And it's, a, and it's the maddest league. It's relentless. It's draining. It's hard. Um, there's no easy games. There's no easy games. That's a, another question for me. Is um, on the first team basis, where do you think we'll end up at the end of the season? Listen, for me, um, when all this came about, 
and coming through the summer, everybody was saying, anybody that I spoke to outside the football club, um, were saying, if we stay up, it's a miracle. After everything that happened, the points deduction, the embargo, uh, the, the slashing of the bills, you know, the wage bills, um, everybody was saying, no, if we stay up, it's a, it's a miracle. Um, and I don't, I, I do, I really do not think the goalposts change from that. You know, and listen, I know we've had a, we had a great start, you know, brilliant, but there's always going to be this period in the, in, in the season where we do, we do pick up injuries. You know, we, but we knew that. You know, I think, I think deep down, everybody knew that we had to recruit. And, and to be fair to the gaffer, uh, to Al, um, to to Brian Carey, to to Mark. You know, I think they've done an incredible job, guys. Now, I don't want to get wrapped up in the bubble of, um, oh, we're not playing this, that. I mean, I think the last three games we've played really well. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Joe made two good saves um, against Blackburn, but I think in the last three games we've we've been really, really good. And and I spoke to Alex, um, and the gaffer, yesterday or the day before. And I said, look, it's just them fine that them them small. Details are going against us right now. Um, the character in the dressing room is top class. You know what they've built in there. And I think the, the way they've gone about it in terms of when the budget for me when the budget is short of that you you can't buy you can't buy football players with no character. They don't exist. You, if you have a good football player with a good character, he's not he's not available at the end of the mm-hmm. season. And if he is available, we can't afford him right now. You know, in my eyes, that's my, my view. So that's that's how I see it. I think we've done. You know. I think we stay up. I think we've um, we've got some big games coming up, but I just go back to win the next game. You know, yeah. the next game, which is Hull on Saturday. Um, I've got full confidence in the boys um, to get a result, a good result, um, and, and I've I've never wavered from that. You know, I've never wavered from uh, the gaffer's job is so hard. You know, in terms of what we've had to do, how we have to do it, and if we've got to do it the hard way, we do it the hard way. You know, yeah. no problem. And I, and I think, I think us as a, as a football club, as a as a community based football club with a massive, massive pulling of, of everyone in Reading, I think we just got to get behind that and back it and, and and get this season out of the way with 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 a, with a championship, um, you know, championship standing beside us. Yeah. What what kind of process do you have with the first team with players? go up into the first team, they're on the bench, they might play, you know, from a start or half-time, that sort of thing. They come back down, you know, what kind of meetings and chats go on? Because Paul Lynch said about that there's players knocking on his door saying, I should be in the first team, give me a chance. And then they're on the bench and they get the chance. And it, it, I know he gets put into that spotlight in the media after a game and it's coming off the top of his head, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. That sort of process and meetings that you can influence him to say, give this boy a chance. Yeah, look, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I go up there probably every morning, to be honest, because obviously the, the you know the numbers will change for the guys every morning. So you know, I think Kelvin A, um, Kelvin E, Nelson, you know, Jay's been up with them a few times and stuff. Roshan goes across. Um, and and they they get plenty of opportunities to go up there. And I'm saying to our boys, listen, you go up there, you make a mark. That's not the time to go into your shell. You go up there, I'm, you know. If you make your mark up there, you'll stay up there. You yeah. know. But yeah. it, it is it is, and this is where it's always been this way, where it's been transitional. 
it's been, you know, you go up for a couple of days, you come back down, you go up and train for the week, you might play the game with us, you go back up. Um, and it's all part of them, um, their development as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so, listen, um, yeah, I think, especially last night, you see you got young, you got Nelson Abbey on the bench, you've got Kelvin A who came on, Kelvin E came on, obviously young Femi's coming through, you've got Tom Mac, Tom Holmes, the academy, there's loads of academy players in this team. Um, and, and we'll keep on trying to produce as many as we can and push as many as we can. Um, but at the end of the day, the gaffer is, is, is the boss, and I trust what he says, you know, and what he thinks. So I'm going to give my, I'll give my this and I think, you know, he's done really well. Um, I thought Jay Senga for us the other day was exceptional in the game, and that was against Watford. Um, but guys, it's a totally different ball game. You know, it's a totally different ball game. It's a different level to go straight into a, a first-team game from a 21s game. So little minutes here and there, build up the confidence, yeah. build up the confidence and whatnot, and, and keep pushing, um, keep striving from to get, you know, to get there and get more minutes, get more time, get more opportunity. You know, you see Michael Craig come on against uh, Watford in the FA Cup. Obviously, Kelvin played. You see Michael Craig come on at Old Trafford and do well get on the ball, you know. So, mm-hmm. but, yeah, it's just, I think, guys, this season's a unique season, you know, and... yeah. Um, Big picture is staying staying in the league. No, just a quick one on that because I'm sure when you were playing, yeah, you know, we had the old fashioned kind of reserve teams. That gap from the under 21s to first team football. Do you think it's sometimes too much? And like the loans are good, but is there some? I know people talk about like Brentford, isn't it? Have a B team? Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of different structures and yeah, yeah, yeah. Spot on, Jane. There's there's two ways to look at it. You know, there's, it's the development phase, and like I used to love the old reserve league. Because you you could be playing against and, and listen you can still do it because yeah, we I mean we played we played the first game of the season um and a lot of our boys were with the, were with the first team at the time and we played they played in the in the Carabao Cup game I think it was and um we played against Sheffield United that day um that morning up there and we had you know young Abraham Canu who was a first year scholar we had a, a first year pro playing a midfielder playing centre half for them we had, we, had, we had a team of young scholars. So second year scholars, we had, we had only a couple of uh, pros playing because the rest of them were with the first team, amazing. But they played against the likes of Ollie McBurney, you know, uh, John Fleck, and I don't know whoever, whoever the other one was, um, which is probably the bones of 40, 50 million pounds of players. And we got beat 2-0. And I was so devastated after the game, first game of the season, beat 2-0. Um, and they fair jokes, he said to me, he looked at me and went, yeah, we got to be coming here and winning these games. And I went, yeah, yeah, right, I know. And he looked and started laughing at me. I went, hang on a minute. He goes, relax. He said, you know, you're, you're playing against... Because I want to win every game. I want our boys to perform in every game. I was more disappointed with some of the individual performances from our older pros because probably they weren't in the right mind frame because they wanted to be with the first team like the rest of their buddies. Yeah, and they yeah. kind, of, kind of sulked about it through the game. And, you know, it's a valuable valuable lesson for them that they can't sulk. So in that game, you know, we got beat 2-0 and we deserve to get beat because we're playing against good strikers, good players who were all in their own Sheffield United's first team. We played we played Coventry in mid season. Uh, boy Gustavo Hamer played along with the winger from the wing back from 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 uh from Palace who came along there with a forward and we got B three 0 and in the game there was nothing in it. Just a bit of quality in the in the in the box that beat us because we had just as good just as good as chances as they had, just as many, if not more clear cut. Um so it's all learning for these boys. I was like Abraham Cannon, you just played against Ollie McBurney and I thought you were outstanding today. I thought you were outstanding. I thought you, you competed with him physically. You're 16 or 17 years old. Um, you matched his runs. You know, he scored. 
but that's just a little bit of clever experience movement from him. I goes, what would you do next time? And he goes, oh, I'd stay tight to him. I wouldn't even get the yard. Brilliant. That's learning. Yeah. yeah. In your head, you know. So these little things, um, they're, it's all magic. Now, we haven't obviously, I mean, listen, we played Millwall in the, in the season. They had three or four first teamers. We had Andy Carroll and Yaku playing, you know, for the game. And our boys got a great insight into the game. You know, how to cross the ball, where where to put it for for, for, for Andy, uh, Yaku's runs, where he wanted the ball, how he spoke to him. And, and, and what, I really, what I really enjoy is having Lee Moore with us for a few weeks. You know, Lee Moore is, obviously I know the story of Lee Moore, and I've got nothing but the utmost respect for the man. Um, he is a top pro uh, for me, and he wants, you know, he wants to play and help. You know, he, his information, how he speaks on the pitch with our young boys, for the 245s he played, he was incredible. And how he spoke to him, how he helped the boys along, you know, and people like that are invaluable at this club in, in terms of, that's the pros we have here. Like Scott Dan comes and trains every now and again with us talking and helping the young ones you know it's invaluable for these boys to get that you know we don't have them for the games at the moment which is not a problem if I'm trying to get as many as I can of our boys up to, to play in, in the games for, you know help them out because we, you know we are getting a couple of injuries here and there we are a little bit thin on the on the ice as, as to speak with in terms of bodies in around the first team but we have got three or four ready to go that makes sense if they're needed but you can't you can't buy that experience and that knowledge to pass on as a young player, can you? From from yourself, from Shane, from Andy. If they don't learn from that, you're not going to learn, are you? As a, no, but it well, it's not just me. You know, Peter Scott, you know, who I who I do the twenty twenty ones with. He's paid three, four, five hundred games for Fulham. You know, at level at level at, at the top. Um, ledges in there with us. You know, and it's it's so good because a lot of the coaches there were, were there's pictures of us. Around our training grounds with them as when they come in to see meet the players and stuff, and they've been filmed and put up like so. Like we got young Sam Wilson, who's a big lad, big strong boy, and um, but he he was uh, he came in as like one of the ball boys and he got a picture with Ledge when he was like fourteen years old, you know. So it's up on the wall and stuff, and it's it's a great connection we have, you know. So all the experience goes it goes through them. So we tell them stories, you know. We we try to help them. Um, in, in their aspect, in their game with, with the 15s, the 14s, the 13s, whatever it is. Um, um, and I think there's a really good vibe about it, but it comes from the boys in the first team building as well. You know, they come down, they're, they're nice, they're good as gold with, with our lads. The way the way I remember it being that way, you know, I'm I'm, I'm hearing the people saying, no, it wasn't like this a few years ago. Well, we get it, let's get it back. If it worked, let's it's get it back. It's a red and white, isn't it? Yeah, it's a red and white. I mean, there's no one too big to do the small jobs. You know, that's the, that's the way we always have been. It's 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 massively important. Ewan, I'll pass you back. Any, any, any more questions for yourself? Um, yeah, just on the sort of Irish connection and the scouting network that you've had over there over the years. You mentioned Shane Long being a legend. Anyone in the team at the moment from the Emerald Isle that you think will make the grade? You know what? We, we've, um, because of Brexit, it's really killed... I think football, um, and especially this year, kills us a little bit because that we have identified three or four players we could have gone and got young players mm-hmm. uh, for fractional minimum money. We all know it, um, and we would lo- love to go and do something. We can't because obviously we're in embargo, which is fine, no problem. Um, we've got Brian Carey in the building with Gerard, who's coming. Um, and we've got obviously Brendan Flanagan who 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 does the underage groups, who does an incredible job with the eights to, to, to fifteens, you know. 
he really is clever and, and good at what he does um, in terms of that side of it. But I, I definitely want to get back out. I mean, I'm planning again a trip into Ireland this season, hopefully, um, with our boys come pre-season if we can, um, to possibly get a few games against some of these teams where, where there is players, there is good players. Um, we've yeah. obviously got Keane out, out of Shelburne at the moment, um, who's, who's doing okay, getting in there and the team scored a winner in the Dublin Derby last week. Um, and he's starting to find his feet. You've got clearly you've got, got the Cove, uh, get game time and men's football. Um, but th- listen, I would like nothing more, and so would the club like nothing more than to to open up the the channels in Ireland because um, there's some unbelievable talent in Ireland and, and everywhere. But at the moment, unfortunately, with Brexit, how it works, you, you they can't come over on YTS schemes now. They can't come over as scholars. They have to wait till they're eighteen. And by the time they're eighteen, you'd like to think that they're in and around. Um, League of Ireland clubs knocking on doors and then it gets a little bit more complicated because fees come into it they see the money signs I get it you know um, but we, we've got to keep looking and keep trying and, and, and I think we're always trying to improve that side of it you know Yeah and sort of closer to home as well just you know top on the head you know locally do you do a lot of work with schools obviously you've got the community and how players locally can come up through the ranks yeah, boys, listen, I, I need a phone call with Butch, um, who runs the JMA. I saw it's long overdue. Um, but we are, you know, we try to get out in the community. The boys try to get out in the community as much as they can. And, and listen, our underage ones are, are so good. Um, Ryan Nevin and whatnot. I mean, Jamie's Jamie Greenwood's in there and he's he's running that down, you know. And and the, the steps he's put in place with Phil and whatnot, the lead phases, it's really incredible. You know, it's so detailed and they cover all these schools and all these football clubs. I think they're talking the other day, how, how do they expand? How do they get into these areas and this? And how do we get these kids? And uh, how do we see if we you know, get eyes on these? So they're always trying to see what the local talent is. So I do think, it, I mean, Redden, for me, has always had Redden boys, you know? And that's what makes it special, I think, as well. You know, they're homegrown um, players from around the area that come and do well and come and do well for the football club. I think it's it, it, that's what makes it special for me. Yeah, I mean, that's, with, you know, the current squad homes and McIntyre and people like that. But, you know, when I first watched, it was A.D. Williams and Stuart Lovell, yes. the schools and kind of things. And it it's important to have that, you know, uh, route in from the local yeah. schools. Well, AD's never left, has he? He's, just, he's stuck on the rafters most Saturdays, shouting around. And that's the thing you've got, AD Williams, and good in making you know the, the club, you know, outside in the media. It's important, isn't it? Yeah, listen, it is. It's a, listen, at the end of the day, this football club's it's a brand, you know. Um, I think it's an incredible football club. I really do. I think it's a special football club. That's why I've always been drawn to it. I always spoke about the minute I walked up the steps. Um, coming out of the dressing room was the, I think it was the like, it was really the first time in my career where, where I went wow I feel like I'm home you know I, I feel like this is it like um, and if I'm being honest I probably would have stayed a lot longer as a player if I had like, been given the chance and maybe kept my mouth shut um, but it's a different story so um, so yeah like it's it's, it's for me I think that I think. Probably the last fifteen years, the club's grown somewhat. Yeah. You know? Um. 
And I think now you, you don't go anywhere in the world without seeing a red shirt somewhere, mm-hmm. which is great to see, you know. Um, and to think that we've like everyone involved in the football club has contributed to that in some way is mm-hmm. is really really good. Like obviously, you know, you're talking about Irish connections. Um, yeah. I, I went home like to Dublin. I was in Dublin like last summer. I saw a random red shirt, and I, I didn't think anything of it. But I should yeah. be fair, you know, because obviously it's a red shirt in Dublin. You know, I mean, normally you get United, you get Liverpool, you get Leeds, and they get the young kids with the Man City and the, and the Chelsea shirts. You know what I mean? But it was yeah. nice to see, you know. So I, I think to grow the brand is, is huge. No, and I was, I was conscious of you needing to have a shower, mate, after your training. <laughs> just, just it's been a long point. day, Johnny. I'm not going to lie. It's been a long day. <laughs> um, Mark's, Mark's put in a question here, mate. So he said he spoke to someone who used to play with an island called Peter Halpin. He said you're a bit mad, which is quite possibly true. Yeah. And you need to do somersaults after scoring goals. Maybe not so much now as a coach. Um, ask where you learned how to do it. And, and when you were younger, is it you jumped off roofs? to do that is that correct yeah it really actually it's really yeah I, I i i hear myself now say yeah it's true because it was um I've got, two, I've, I've got yeah yeah i've got two young girls now honestly uh one has just turned seven um and me and me my youngest is is four turning five in the summer and um she's a lunatic and, 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 yeah, so I phoned my mum and I'm like, um, mum, like, what, like, what do I, he goes, she goes, no, I don't care. She said, I don't care because whatever you, whatever they're doing is nothing compared to what you used to do. <laughs> she said, so how you're not dead? She says, how you're not dead now? Um, or I'm not dead now from fright. She goes, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Um, they'll be fine and I'm like right okay so she won't even she's like she just doesn't acknowledge it anymore because she goes I, I nearly gave her that many nervous breakdowns I used to run across her, a roof of her house yeah and flip off it and stuff and try land I'd try like out jump the the car parking space so the car would park underneath us so I'd jump out over the car and one actually one day I slipped one day I slipped and I ended up falling onto the car and getting a, getting a, getting a, a bit of a I saw, I saw a bump like but yeah it was just things I used to do as a kid but it was one of them things I, I flipped it was one of them things when I flipped I didn't know I'd done it I hadn't really figured out what I'd just done and it was one, I guess it was one of them things that if you didn't do it right you'd only do it once <laughs> you're still here because I'd done it I thought that was pretty cool I could do that again and, I just, and then I just started doing it like and I thought okay like I didn't uh, yeah it was very bored back in them days, Johnny. Didn't I? Well, I lived. I was a country boy. My nearest uh, neighbor was like two miles away. I was just, you know what I mean? Climbing trees and jumping off roofs, that's all I could do. This is no payback time for you with your little ones, is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. To be fair, my little seven-year-old, she, lo- she loves football. Um, and it's come out of the blue. So she's mascot. She's going to be mascot uh, this weekend for the, um, for the girls' game. Oh, brilliant. Um, she's playing. She's playing local where I am now. Um, and they're all going, oh, you know, your daughter, she's really quick. I was like, she's not quick. She's six years old or seven. You know, she's, she was six at the time because she's six. She's not she's not quick. She's six years old. But when I see her against six-year-old girls, she's actually quite quick. She's really fast. So I thought, oh, she's got a chance. You know what I mean? She's quite quick. So uh, it's good to see. Brilliant. No, we're going to let you go. I just want to say one thing as well. Um, I know your friend of mine, Connor Hogan, came over last week. And you guys yes. were so nice to him at the training ground. And they oh, okay. were so welcome. 
as part of the Reading family. And I think you know, sometimes the club gets a bit of a bad press, but I think you know that's that was a huge thing for him after an experience he had at Man United, and it meant the world yeah. to him. So just to say thank you to you and the club because no, it was lovely to have him. And like the club, that's the way the club was, John. You know that the club was always like that. People just walked in at times. You know, um, a great guy. I remember come, he come away. He actually, I brought him into the analysis room. He watched the analysis of the game. We do, we done a little bit on the game, and he came in and sat at the back of the room. Um, but uh, lovely guy, lovely guy. Yeah. I was really ashamed, really ashamed what happened at, at Old Trafford, you know. But hopefully that we, we made it some way better. Uh, still buzzing, still buzzing. Though, but, really. but I think all, all the first team boys made a fuss up as well, which is great. Yeah, that's what it's about. Is 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 the Reading way, wasn't it? As we say, like yeah. that's what we were about. I mean, we're getting back there. I can even just hear in your voice talking about your role and and you know the time you've had at the club and this role, how much you're buzzing on it. So yeah, best of luck for the rest of the season. Appreciate Roland. it. And yeah. you know, and what's your what's your just before we go, what's your uh, ambition from here in your role well, now? Where do you see in terms of me? You and and the under twenty threes and and Listen, it's so it's so crazy because um you look through it uh and you know we've got some really exciting groups coming through the academy and I mean really exciting groups in terms of players um that are coming up from the next stages and the stages below uh so for me I want to perfect what I'm doing um I love winning that you know I I love. And that's not just winning games, it's winning with players as well, you know, making players better, helping players understand the game better. And I think if you if you improve the person, the player, you'll improve the team. Um so for me, I, I wanna I wanna make sure that I, I really get that right. Um, knowing players, knowing what makes players tick, knowing what makes teams tick and work, um, systems of play and whatnot, uh, and go from there. Um, I've had a taste of obviously first team football with um with Swindon in terms of we won the league. Uh went to Doncaster then and it was a difficult time for, for me and Rich and then Rich left. Um and that's when um you know I decided I was too far away from home and I wanted to come back. Uh, I mean I was away six days a week, so I came back and obviously this job came up I went straight for it um as quickly as I could. You know, so um I just, I just want to see where it gets me, how, how I develop, um, and and hopefully get back there one day. But I've got no rush. I've got no intention of doing it. Um, I'm focused on a job we have now in terms of our young players coming through the system. And who knows, in in three, four, five, six years down the line, I get a shot at it. Great, you know, great. You're doing a great. It's great to have you back. I appreciate that. It's great to be here. And it's great to hear you talk and and for you to come on and talk to us as well. Um, so just to say thanks to Noel, thanks to you for, for stepping oh, up. Oh yeah, that's brilliant. You're, if you've got any, any players over in Ireland you want to send across, mate, let, let us oh, know. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask Paddy to um, yeah, keep an <laughs> eye out. We must have a couple of goalkeepers in that in that Gaelic yeah. football team. <laughs> yeah. So just to round up, we've got uh, Leroy Lita coming on uh, the podcast and that will be available from Saturday at 10am. Noel, enjoy your shower. Hopefully, thank you again soon. Well, it's, uh, it's been yeah. a pleasure. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, yeah. see you Good Saturday. 1871 yeah. podcast. Take care. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks, Noel. Thanks, Bye. Noel. See you, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.